This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. AJ Vela. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're hanging out at frou-frou parties while doing some hardcore cuckolding. As we watch Spine okay. 216 in the Criterion Collection, Jean Renoir's The Rules of the Game from 1939. But first, RJ, mm. how are you, how you feeling over there? I was fine until you started talking. Oh, that's not very nice, is it? Well, it's not anything personal against you. It's just the manner in which you speak I find offensive. The manner in which I speak. Your appearance is also upsetting. Well, that's and uh, It's a good thing it's a podcast. It's an audio yeah. format. Yeah, and only a few other people have had to uh, see what I am seeing right now. It's not great. It's not great. It's not great. Uh, no, I'm fine. I got no hot hot goss for you man my toilet's fine my brand intake is fine not not much is happening you know nothing huh what about you you got some brand happening over there or uh what's uh new in your world <sighs> been cooking up a storm wait how come uh i don't know Just got the got the cooking bug you know it's like one day on my youtube like recommendations some, mm-hmm. some cooking videos popped up, and it wasn't mm-hmm. like I wasn't looking up cooking videos at all. And uh, a couple of these things, I was like, "Ugh, who'd want to make that?" But then there was like better than takeout, and it was like Chinese food. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, I like Chinese food, and uh, maybe I'd like to make something better than takeout because I'm pretty disappointed with the offerings of uh, our fine city." Mm-hmm. So, I think I asked before, but was it better than takeout? It was pretty good. It was pretty good? It, it, yeah, I made a chicken fried rice. This was mm-hmm. like a, several weeks ago, but that like really kicked off things. Um, mm. A couple, uh, I guess I'm like, you know, half a week ago now, I made some sesame chicken. Uh, how'd that turn out? Amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it was actually uh, pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Uh, I, I was thinking about how you make this easier though how, how could i do this in an easier way because frying uh, deep frying uh your own little chicken nugs in a uh, pan on your stove top mm-hmm. there, there's a bit of uh danger in there but Spittle? i don't know uh, yeah there's a little bit a little bit mm-hmm. coughing it back up mm-hmm. and then uh also uh, made a chicken kadahi kadai what's a kadahi um it's like a northern indian dish uh, but, but it's like I've seen so many different ways of it being spelt. Uh, where I got turned on to it was Indian Kitchen, and mm-hmm. uh, it was amazing. It's one of the like, best curries I've probably eaten. And so that place got closed up because people didn't eat there for whatever reason. Bad location, mm-hmm. I'd say, more than anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of like, you know what? Maybe I should try to make a kadahi. And then I found out that's like not even necessarily how it is spelt. It's got K A D A I. I guess is the more popular thing. And there's all mm. these different opinions, strong opinions. Uh, the, there's like a Pakistani way of doing it, and they don't like mm-hmm. how the Indians do it and vice versa. Oh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. I prefer Mo, mine, uh, Momar Gaddafi. That's yeah. uh, how I like to uh, <laughs> I see. take that in and consume it. Um, as far as dictators go, who would you say is your favorite? Hmm. Define dictator. Just like a guy who tells people how it is? Sure. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm glad you're... Yeah, wait, finish that question. Um, 
you know, I remember in high school uh, uh-huh. reading the, the, the tale of uh, Castro. I thought that was uh-huh. pretty cool. Which what, one? Which, which, which brother? Fidel? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't There's a hot topic now that uh, our current prime minister might be the son of Castro. Is this a hot topic? I don't know. I, uh, I've seen by, it on the internet uh, by, pop up a by, few times. Uh, internet chuds? Uh, I've seen it on like oh, right. I, social I for, media. I forgot who I'm talking to here. Social media, you know. Is this some of uh, some 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 family members? Uh, no, Facebook no. I've seen I've seen this on like Twitter and stuff. People people think that Trudeau's Castro's son. Huh. Have you never come across? Oh, that? I have. I have. Oh, okay. And it's that's very dumb. <laughs> well, I had to double check to make yeah. sure you weren't. I I don't well, know where your allegiances don't, don't, lie. Believe me, I, I've uh, I've noticed. I've heard I've heard the tales, and I go, I don't, "What's wrong yeah. with people?" I wasn't sure what your opinion is. We don't we don't talk about politics on this show, but I'm glad you're Good. talking about food. So, what are you uh, What are you going to make next? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe a, a chicken chow mein. So yeah, you got uh, some of that. Uh, Asian fever over there. You're uh, making sticky so rice and no, no, and uh, or uh, what are sesame chicken? Sesame and, chicken, yes, and things of that nature. You should watch a uh, Maddie Matheson show and make one of his dishes. Maddie Matheson. Yeah, he's a Canadian icon. He's from the East Coast. He uh, his show Supper Time. He's got restaurants all over. He was a friend with Anthony Bourdain, and he has a new show right now that's available for free on YouTube. Wow. But that's more uh, the new ones he's doing now are kind of more uh, country cooking type stuff. I don't know if that uh, floats your goat or not. I really like uh, this uh, spice business. That's what that's the business I've been in. Getting mm. the, getting those uh, deep flavors all from scratch. The spice king. Spice king. You should try to make alu gabi that uh, potato and cauliflower. It's kind of hard though because you got to like burn the stuff on first or. I don't know. I tried once. It didn't work well. It, did, it, it was a failure? It was fine, but it wasn't what I wanted. Did, have you ever uh, fucked with that ghee? Yeah. Yeah, I, I fucked with some ghee. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it, it turned out fine, but I was like, this isn't no, did, what I did, wanted. No, did you make your own ghee, or did you find some at a store? I think we bought it. Okay. I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Maybe I'm I, not uh, looking in the right places. Maybe it's actually you, in a fridge. And have I, you tried some Asian supermarkets? I sure have. Like and, umami and, 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 and the... the well, the one I the one I went to the the Asian supermarket they were oh. out. The one called Asian supermarket was out. They yes. did they do have it though. They're just out of stock apparently. Oh. But then well, uh, but also uh, made the real uh, real chump error of like thinking yeah I'll mm. I'll buy these uh, these fetu Greek leaves and these uh, cardamom seeds from the Asian supermarket, assuming they'll be cheaper than at a other store, and they actually have this stuff. But mm-hmm. all contraire, Superstore had the exact same stuff for like mm. a third of the price. And it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, but you're supporting local, small local business, so you should feel good. Allegedly. Allegedly? Is it not? Is that a conglomerate? <laughs> Asian, su- Asian grocery store? I don't know. That's what mm. that, that it's kind of like going around there with like uh that Justin Trudeau is the son of Fidel. Um, uh, speaking of which is you know cuckolding I suppose. Um, well, I mean if it if, if true, if huge if true, it, it would be huge if true. But we may never know, Jer. Yeah, that's that's our that's what this is. Thanks for listening, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, ha, have a great week. Yeah, we could end it. Yeah. We're gonna get flagged now by Canadian. Uh, 
people. Ice, like, uh, uh, ceases. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And they're going to be like, hey, you know something. Cut it out. Hey, quit, quit spreading that fake news, RJ. I, I All I said was I saw that on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the particulars are, or whether it's true or not. I don't know. I'm well, just telling you what I saw. Well, we'll talk about the internet and things we've seen later. Okay. Um, we got emails, RJ. What? Uh, yeah, more than late, more than the last few weeks. Mm, people are getting antsy. I, I think we might have struck a nerve last week. Why? When we yelled at everyone? Well, you'll see. Okay. First up, and I, you didn't even give me the line this week. Any females? Yes. <gasps> Which ones? Uh, Red Dead Rupa? Red Dead Rupa Granger. Mm, nice. Hi, creeps. Firstly, in response Uh-oh. to RJ snubbing me in his battle royale list, RJ, no hard feelings. I know it's because I would be too much of a threat, and let's face it, I'd probably come mm-hmm. for you first. Secondly, accurate. If my calculations mm-hmm. are correct, you guys will be recording this on my husband's birthday, so <gasps> I'd just like to give a happy birthday shout out to Oliver Granger. I hope oh you enjoy God. every second of it. Shit's about to hit the fan next week when our second baby is due. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed it doesn't come early. Finally, to finish off and keep with the theme, if you guys were to hire a movie theater out for your birthday, what movie would you choose to play, Rupa? Hmm. Well, well happy birthday, Ollie. Uh, I'll, give, I'll <laughs> give you a nice, proper happy birthday, young man. Uh, yeah, that's more fitting. Is, is that what uh, uh, Bobby Baylog would say to you? Uh, no, he uh, he would make a show of it. But uh, I am going to say, f- happy handshake. birthday, young man, yeah. uh, as that is the c- politically correct way to address things now. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, happy young, whatever. Young person. Young person. And, uh, you know, congrats on babies being born the same time as their fathers within a week or so. Yeah. I wonder what happened nine months ago. That was so big. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I don't know. What would you play, Jared, in your movie theater? Don't you rent out the movie theater every year? No. To play Sister Act? Or no, something like no. Um, well, mm. hmm. What would I screen? I'd probably do like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think that would be awesome on a big screen. I think uh, one thing that you'd have to say too is like, are you inviting people to this, or is it just a uh, just, just me? You? Yeah, G- just for your private well, viewing. Well, people know that once we hit that uh, that big uh, patron patron Patreon number, RJ will be renting a theater, and you'll be watching Salo in a in a in a tuxedo. Uh, what do you mean? And, and, I'm going to be renting a theater. Well, I don't I'll have be, any money. Well, I'll be, and you'll be, uh-huh. you'll be, you'll be sitting in the theater by yourself mm-hmm. in a tuxedo, uh, mm-hmm. and I will film you watching Salo. And we'll. How and far? We'll, a... We're a ways away. We're a ways mm-hmm. away. But that is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. There'll be a live stream. Okay. Yeah. And then what happened? I don't know. But the live stream's got to be on me, right? Because if oh, you well, show course, any clips well, yeah, of the it's, movie, it's, it's all on you. Yeah, it's just yeah. on you. And uh, yeah, there'll be lots of uh, appropriate food dishes to for you to have while you. Watch. I think I have a say in some of these things. No. Oh. Oh. Well, if people send me the money directly, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'll do almost anything that you want. It's true. Almost. Just pictures to prove it. Next almost. up is birthday boy Oliver Granger. <gasps> the birthday boy. Does he address it too? Machine Gun Kelly Images. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Is that that guy from that movie that we were talking about a while ago? Hi, creeps. 
A couple huh. episodes ago, RJ mentioned Machine Gun Kelly was in the movie. <laughs> when I was in the States, we were driving around. On the radio, we heard, we interrupt this song to let you know there's an active shooter situation in the so-and-so area. Hope everyone out there is safe. And next up is Machine Gun Kelly. Blat, blat, blat. Also, blat, <laughs> <laughs> blat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone Keep loves going. everyone loves Machine Gun Kelly. Sure, I I don't even know who that is to be honest. Uh, he's a musician. He he, okay. he he was at WrestleMania. He told okay. Rus- he told WrestleMania once to make some noise. Okay, and did they? Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. They were kind of like, "What the fuck? Why are these sh- fucking musicians playing? I want to see men slamming other men into the canvas." Mm. Yeah, I like slamming. Also, just watched Robert Altman's images. Couldn't <gasps> wait to see what you guys, Jarrett, thought about it. You haven't seen it. Chuck it on your October watch list. That's it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I got that images on Blu-ray. Arrow put that out, and I just haven't watched it yet. Because, because as RJ would say, I'm a bad person. I mean, it's not it's not something I would say. It's, it's an objective fact, Jarrett. It's an objective fact. Is this images on any uh, streaming platforms? I don't care about streaming. I don't. Oh, s- oh it's on Shutter, Jarrett. There you go, buddy. Which I am subscribed to. Maybe I'll check out this images. Likely not, but maybe. Who knows? Well, that's neat. What what else was he saying? Um, that's it. He's talking okay. about I don't know, active shooters. Oh, blah blah blah. Hey, I got an active shooter for you. Oh, no, I'll talk about that later. Whoa. whoa. I'll tease you with that one. So, uh, yeah, I don't even remember what movie that was that that guy was in that I was watching. Well, there was the Charles Bronson movie, Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, no, this was something new. Oh, I think it was that Captive State movie. Oh. Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. His his character's name was Jurgia. <laughs> He's also in Bird Box, The Dirt, Nerve, really? Viral. He's in this stuff? Apparently. He's, he's made he's, the leap? He's a pretty generic looking white guy, so I don't... He's, well, he's like really, like he's like scarecrow thin. Isn't and he? there's two there's two WrestleManias on here, but I thought those were taken off from... Uh, oh. Or that's the other pay-per-views. No, no, no. They've all been added again. It's, it's, oh, this is... It's completely fucked up my Letterboxd uh, uh-huh. views because they now come back? my most watched director is Kevin Dunn. Oh, yeah, they all came back. My uh, WWE, WWF uh, mm. pay-per-view and cr- chronological order list, it's alive again. I don't, oh. know, I don't know what changed, but they're all there once hey, more. There was a shake-up. This was that active shooter I was going to talk about. I, uh, I went on my Letterboxd like a day or two ago, and I found that uh, my most popular review of lasagna cat is no longer available because it's been removed from Letterboxd. What the fuck? Well, so there's there's no more lasagna cat. That is absolutely bullshit. Because I was looking at my popular review, or I was just on my yeah. page in popular reviews. So I was like, hey, where's lasagna cat? And so I searched it, and it was nowhere to be found. And I was like, what is this horse shit? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Mm-hmm. See, active shooter is right. Ugh. Yeah, but people better watch out. RJ's coming. He's gonna well, he's gonna head down to themoviedb.org and uh, show you what for. You'll, it sounds like you'll see. I'll show you a lasagna cat. What would that look like? Uh, I guess it has to be a theatrically distributed one. Mm. And and then what? Such horse shit. So Anyways, stupid. people should have fun. Yeah. Why, why don't people just have fucking fun on the internet? But you know they argue. That's what they do. On, yeah. fuck, on fucking Reddit. 
and on podcasts and in Facebook conversations. It's pretty much just yeah. all over. All over. Pretty much. Son, like son of a bitch. What are you going to do, hey? Continue reading emails. Oh, from our dear friends. Okay, I'm fine with that. Justin Peterson. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show. And he writes, "Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening?" Mm-hmm. Thanks to Letterboxd, I had almost instantly figure out. I can oh, I can almost instantly figure out that I saw the rules of the game just about thirteen months ago, and mm. I I remember very little about it other than the fact that it was not as funny as the cover implied it would be, although it was certainly mm. trying. But you can't be too hard on a movie from nineteen thirty nine that was still working to shape what movies could be. Moving on, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. is the latest at night you will start a movie? And do you ever start one with the full intention that you will only watch part of it and resume the next day? Most recently, I started watching the three-plus-hour grueling slow domestic cinema epic Gene Dillman, 23 Commerce Quay, 1080 Mm. Brussels, at 11.30 p.m. And despite being sleepy, I could not bring myself to stop watching this woman doing chores until nearly 2 a.m. So, RJ, uh, what's Mm -hmm. the latest at night you will start a movie? Depends how tired I, or if I'm awake or not. Like if I'm awake at midnight, I'll start a movie. Right. But uh, I don't know. I usually, I don't usually stay up that late anymore unless I'm like yeah. out of the house. So I'd say like at the latest, ten thirty, eleven. Uh, but with full intention of, of probably watching about half of it and then clocking out. My sweet spot is like for late would be eleven thirty for a mm-hmm. ninety minute movie because I know at one o'clock mm-hmm. is like a pretty good time to like mm-hmm. call our quits. But I mean during Creeptober, oh, there's there's no rules. There's no rules. They're you could watch 20 window. minutes and then go yeah. to bed yeah, just to get in an extra 20 minutes. I mean in in a more youthful time, I would definitely mm-hmm. be I'd be starting movies at 12, 12:30, 12 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? But mm-hmm. uh those days I think are behind me. Yeah, I'm with you. I used to be like that too, but uh I don't make it like too much past midnight anymore. So as far as the uh, starting a movie and then just finishing it the next day, I really don't like doing that. I do it all the fucking time. I know, man. I know. People do do it. Sometimes people have like long delays between their uh, viewings. I just, yeah. I find that you got to do it as much as you can in one go. Because I find uh, you're, you're, I don't know. There's something that happens. There's a disconnect. The the magic's mm-hmm. you're, it's like breaking the spell of like watching a movie, like the actual effect of it having on you, it mm-hmm. just, it just changes. So um, I really, do, I really dislike having to break it up, but if I'm too tired, I will just be like, fuck it. I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's gone for me now. The, the, that act of watching a movie and it being like a, a special thing and you take it in. I don't really get like that anymore. Even when I go to the theater, cause when I go to the theater, I'm so distracted by like, everyone else i can't i can't like enjoy it and then when i'm at home it's like I'll, I'll be watching it and even if i'm really into it it's like i'm gonna go get a snack and i'm gonna go to the bathroom and it gets like broken up anyways but i mean i've never like watched half a movie and then waited a, like two three days that would be that'd be a bit much next do you think uh, splitting a movie into two parts ever takes away from the experience oh look at oh that. wow i have more often found the opposite is true for example, I started watching The Exorcist three late one last one late one night and thought it was super dumb and cheesy. But backtracking mm. some and finishing the movie the next day softened my jagged opinion. Well, I think uh, weren't you talking about that the other day? What was that, or was it Julia of the Spirits that you fell asleep of at, watching and then you watched it again the next day and then you like 
But that Everybody was loved th- it. That, that wasn't even like watching it in two parts. That was just full on rewatching the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought you did that, like did exactly what he was talking about sometime. I, I say recently, but it could have been, I don't know, it could have been two years from, like, ago. I don't, I don't time, have concept of time Time anymore. has, oh, I should, yeah, time has no concept at all, no place mm-hmm. in this podcast world. Uh, no. We sometimes get comments on the YouTube channel from people mm-hmm. who are, like, correcting us or mentioning something or feed, giving us feedback on something that we recorded. Like, when I posted those on YouTube, it looks like we put it up mm-hmm. two years ago, but it's like, no, we recorded that, like, three and a half years ago like yeah i, I don't remember what you're even talking about and I'm, i don't even want to care <laughs> at this point uh, yeah i i'm not i'm not gonna go back and listen to it and argue with these people tell them to fight me in real life that'll that'll solve the problem right that'll get real tough yeah i say why don't you fight me you nerd goat movie uh. question of the week uh-huh what is your greatest of all time robert rodriguez movie I've seen a couple Eesh. of his movies, but I can't really say I loved any of them. Maybe I should give Desperado a rewatch. Mm, I think you're probably fine without. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I dump pretty hard on that Robert Rodriguez, even though yeah. his uh, book, uh, Rebel Without a Crew, inspired me to make a movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I think he's not. Farts. He's not very good. I'll tell you one thing. When I was 11 years old, I saw Spy Kids, and that movie blew my fucking head right off. I was going to say the other thing, but I was a little kid, so that's not appropriate. That I thought that movie was awesome. But uh, if I'm being serious, I would say probably Sin City. I, I liked Sin City when I saw it. I had no like connection to the comic books or anything yeah. like that. So I went in completely naive to it, and I was like, this is neat. This is cool. Well, El, El Mariachi, I've just never really wanted to finish uh, mm. Desperado I never really was crazy about I, I have no idea what part of Four Rooms he did from Dust Till Dawn I mm-hmm. like half of that movie mm-hmm. and then the, the other half? half yeah I like the first half yeah. or at least I did but even the second half is like kind of whatever you want to call it, dumb fun goofy and yeah. uh, the faculty's meh Spy Kids it's no okay. I don't need to see any of the Spy Kids 3D movies I do like the way he works though where he like mm-hmm. works cheap so he can pocket the money mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like yeah. if, I, if I come in under budget can I like, keep it and they're like yeah I guess and so that's <laughs> that's his motivation is like I don't know it's so weird <laughs> but uh, like, I get it uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico is hideous it's got that mm. ugly yellow filter all over it, it looks mm. awful early digital mm-hmm. film stuff going on there Troublemaker Studios, uh, Sin City. I, th- hmm. I, I've really like soured on like those comics too, though. Like mm-hmm. I, I think everything about that Frank Miller shit is just like it looks cool, but it is mm-hmm. dumb. All Frank Miller or just Sin like City? Any, Frank pretty well, like any Frank Miller. I don't know. It's been a long mm-hmm. time since I've read his Daredevil comics or even his uh, Dark Knight Returns, but. I, I actually, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Dark Knight Strikes Again. I think that's like I know you are. You you love that thing. I, well, the one time I read it because like I had pretty low expectations, and I was like, this is exactly what I want out of a DC comic book. Mm-hmm. Pla- Planet Terror st- stinks. That, yeah, that, I, I like that movie, but I remember you yeah. said you. Oh, you I don't loved like it. it very I much. loved Grindhouse when I first saw it in theater. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it three times in theater. I loved uh, Grindhouse, and then mm-hmm. uh, I thought I really liked Planet Terror, but. Rewatching it, oh, <laughs> it was I was like, what the fuck is going on here? It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, he's just not a, 
nuanced filmmaker. And I never watched. I, gotcha. I never watched Machete. Machete? No. Machete. I think uh, allegedly uh, Mel Gibson is in that. I think I have it logged because I've seen like most of it, but it or was on one. Oh no, Machete I don't even kills. have it logged. Oh, maybe it's is that the one that isn't out yet? Well, or is it, or well, is Machete Kills came out like 2013. Well, Machete is out, and it's got Robert De Niro in it. Yeah, Mel, Jeff yeah the, the, uh, Mel Gibson was in the second one. Oh, Machete Kills. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, then, there he uh, is. Then Sin City 2, no. Mm. And then, yeah, Alita, Battle Angel. Oh, yeah, you heard all about that. I heard you talk about it, yeah. I don't think you would like that movie. I don't think I would. I'm just going to go out on a limb here, and uh, I, I don't think you'd like that movie, Jar. But who knows? You've surprised me before. Justin concludes, that's all oh. for now, and I look forward to the zany antics you fellas get up to while reviewing the rules of the game, which did truly inspire this year's excellent Best Picture winner, Parasite. Unless that movie was overhyped for you, and in that case was super on the nose, shallow, disappointing with obvious metaphors, and overall sucked in general. As always, mm. thanks for the time, and have a great show. Is that what uh, is that what talking to me is like? Shallow? Overly hyped? Not fun at all? I don't know. Hey, it's nice to hear from uh, our friend of the show. That's right? right. Of course. Hey, you know, I never a- answered uh, Rupa's question earlier. And uh, I'm just, I, I don't really have an answer, but I'm just, I, I just did a deep dive on Letterboxd, and I'm now on The Replacements from 2000, starring Keanu Reeves. I'd watch that. <laughs> Why not? Gene Hackman's in it. Hackman? Hackman. Yeah. So anyways, nice to hear from our friends. Do we have more friends? We do. Nice. Rob nice. Eagle. Ooh, Robert Eagle, the man himself. With an email entitled, Meet Jared and RJ. Uh-oh. Hi, creeps. New arrivals to the Italian animal shelter this very day. Six pit bulls, two of whom I've requested be named Jared and RJ. <gasps> oh, my God. And uh, he sent us an accompanying photo of said pit bulls. Oh, they're even labeled. Yeah. Are you going to post that on the Instagram? Hell yeah, I'm going to post that on the Instagram. It'll it'll be, I'll wait until tomorrow, because if I do it tonight, it'll be at like midnight and no one will see it. I considered requesting the others be named Landis, Mendelssohn, Broderick, mm-hmm. and Shalomit, just to annoy RJ. <laughs> I mean, that's fine, as long as they're being saved. I'm... They're, they'd be better than the real life versions of those names. What, what, what a, know? what a, <laughs> what a unit that would be. Of those guys, yeah, the, they'd be raping everything in town. <laughs> Come on, allegedly, only, only one, only one. But that one's more of us confirmed, right? Landis, I don't, yeah. I don't think so. Mm. Uh, it's, it's more like shamed, publicly shamed. I don't know uh, if it's gone uh, legal yet. Bro- Broderick, you know, that, that's just a vehicular. Uh, and uh, Timothy Shalomit, he just like I don't know something about that guy. Yeah, he's got a vibe, right? An unnatural. Mm. It's hostile. Whoa! I, no, I wouldn't go that far. I just like. I don't know. I don't. I don't really see that guy on my screen. Yeah, but he. Well, he's just such a smug asshole. He's like, I regret working with Woody Allen. It's like, oh yeah, that. Shut part, up. That's that's trash. What an idiot. I I like these doggos though. I like this uh <laughs> this picture of the RJ one because it's actually. I think it captures my spirit. It, it really does. Quite well. So yeah. uh, that's what I, I thought people would think I looked like. Not uh, an incel, uh, <laughs> whatever people thought I looked act, like. Act, act, active shooter? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. 
So, uh, well, that's wonderful to hear. Is it, did he have anything else to say? <laughs> well, he said uh, he was going to name them those names, but I figured they need all the goodwill they can get, so I left that job to others. I agree. They're chipped, so there's a chance they may just be lost and soon return to their owners. Mm. Anywho, I'll keep you guys posted on their progress. Keep on creeping creeps. Rob Eagle. That's damn good to hear from him. And I like this this doggo situation. I think we should promote it some more. I mean, people can Patreon us or, you know, Send me a link to a, an animal shelter that you donate to, and I'll send you a personalized message. What will it say? You'll have to <laughs> donate to find out. Like, watch Walkabout? Uh, no. <laughs> It'd be different. A little different. Okay. A little different. And finally, hmm. Sam Sanchez. Oh, baby. What did you call him that one time? Something else. What? Doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Big Apple 3 a.m. Although I was sadly neglected last week by not being invited to your Battle Royale Murder Island okay. party, even after going like 15 names deep, I okay. still have decided to write in after a few weeks of silence. Okay, well, here's the thing. That was completely off the, off the cuff. It wasn't planned for. And I, uh, I don't know. We were all excited. Frank Santoro was here. I, I didn't know what to think, you know. I apologize to anyone I missed. Sam Sanchez and uh, Red Dead Rupa, apparently. And you... Luke Wilson? Does he write into the show? <laughs> Our big fan, Luke Wilson? Yeah, he could be. A few weeks back, there was a reference to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. video game for back in the day and mm-hmm. wondered what is the official Criterion Creep stance on Vidya games. Do you guys play any? Actually own any systems? Yes. Myself, obviously, by looking at my letterbox, I really don't have much time uh, on video games to that. Uh, But that doesn't stop from buying a ton, apparently. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite podcasts is a video game one, so I'm usually up to date with video games and buy them digitally as they go on sale and then never play them. Definitely the smart way to do things there. Mm -hmm. Curious, since I'm not sure I recall much video game talk in the past. Well, well, RJ, Mm -hmm. do you play any video games? Yes. Uh, I have played video games. I have. Uh, I have not Mm -hmm. actually played one, though, probably since... 2012. I, I well probably like to a game where I've played it to completion. I've tried mm-hmm. a few. I tried playing that Dark Souls. I tried playing that mm-hmm. de- or whatever Demon Souls, and then trying Dark Souls and being like, "Fuck this! This this is like a job." And mm-hmm. uh, kind of that was the end of it. But I do have a uh, a PS4. I uh, well, we've mentioned before. Don't you prefer the uh, cut screen approach where you? Uh... Oh you yes, mo- or yeah, <laughs> yes. You mostly just watch the the scenes in between the gameplay. That's why I love that Metal Gear Solid. They've uh, yeah. you can just sit back, watch Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. Mm-hmm. I, sure. I, I watch all the cutscenes, and it's like I'm, I'm not missing on anything important. I'm just uh, mm-hmm. I get to watch all the cool videos. They're, they're like little movies because I have played most of Metal Gear Solid One. I've, I have definitely played mm-hmm. um, Metal Gear Solid Two. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, after that, I was just like, ah, the, the time. Or I could just sit back, enjoy myself, watch watch that, mm-hmm. watch four, get the lowdown. I, I think I was still waiting for one for for a video for five. And I, I imagine for... that. Yeah, okay. But I imagine that's got to exist. And then uh, what's his 
What's the this? new one? Yeah, Death Death Stranding. Death Stranding. Yeah, I'll wait for that. Apparently, there's like a mode where you can just literally watch that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like an easy mode where it's basically oh, just Kojima. all the cutscenes. I know that's awesome though. He's such a he knows what's going on. He knows what's, he knows what's happening. I think I've mentioned before that uh, I'm what you would call a Vigia gamer. I have been in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, we used to play the shit out of video games, Jer. I'm I'm talking the living shit. One time when I was like, I don't know, nine or ten, I went to the uh, eye doctor, and uh, they told my mom that I needed to take breaks from video gaming, and I needed to blink more because I was straining <laughs> my eyes. And you know what I said? I gave him the double bird, and I just I backed out of there, and I was like, I ain't going to stop. I'm going to game. Until my eyes hurt. What do you think? So uh, that was fun. Uh, and then uh, big time Nintendo kid. And me and Ryan, we in early university, we had kind of a resurgence and we went on a tear before it like, I think we got in the market just before it blew up and the retro thing kind of like swept over and not, prices went Would out you of say control. like 2005, 2006? Uh, a little bit after, like 2008. Okay. Or nine. Yeah, there was. So that was when I got like back into gaming quite a bit. Cause mm-hmm. so, <clears throat> yeah, I was a, a Nintendo boy, a big, oh, yeah. big Nintendo boy. Big Nintendo boy. Yeah. And then, uh, so I had an, an old NES. Then I got that SNES. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when the, as more systems would come out, my parents were like, nope. We're not, we're not buying you any more fucking game systems. They they just you, you don't even play them. You don't even use them, even though I use them every single week. But mm-hmm. of course, these things were getting more expensive, and so yep. yeah, I went years without them. They were not in my mm-hmm. life because I was just like buying comics instead, and then uh, then movies. Because mm-hmm. yeah, renting a movie you only needed a VCR, so it's you, true. You have to buy a new system. So I was watching movies a lot. But yeah, come 2006, I was like, I got all this catching up to do on my mm-hmm. game. So I was going through those uh, top lists for different game systems and tracking down games. And yeah, there was this window of time for about two, three years where like the, the used market for stuff was so great. You could sweep mm-hmm. in there, grab stuff as people were getting rid of it. But those days are long past. Oh, yeah. So and like, that's what I mean. I think we hit it at a good time where like we were buying like whole collections for I don't know, a couple hundred bucks or something like that. We were like just picking out everything we wanted, reselling it, making, we would usually break even, but take out what we wanted. So, you know, be in the black. And uh, we made quite a, quite a little nest egg for ourselves between the two of us of uh, our retro stuff. All Nintendo things. Uh, Ryan was in the PlayStation too, but I was mostly a Nintendo kid. I like uh, being able to fall back on the Nintendo gameplay that's comfortable to me where i can just single single player go in there i know the i know the characters i know what's going on Mm -hmm. you know what i mean jared it's all it's like uh, sitting back into a nice comfy chair yeah and uh, i do i i dabble with it still now i uh i go in waves like sometimes i'll for a month or two I'll, i'll like tear into reading really heavy and then i'll take a break and then I'll watch movies real heavy. You'll know when I do because I'll watch like a thousand movies. Or, you know, maybe I'll uh, do some gaming just on the side. Mm-hmm. I dabble here and there and everywhere. Yeah, just like a mirror like two feet away from me. I've got stacks of games here. Games? N- Nintendo DS and mm-hmm. some PlayStation games and some PS2, PS3 cartridges. You should give them all to me. No. <laughs> Why not? Uh, cause it bothers you. 
that for you not to have them more. You don't even have you don't even have PlayStations. I don't like PlayStation. I like Nintendo. I'm a Nintendo kid. I did have Xbox. For a it's because you're too. The... Poor. It's, it's only because you're too poor to have both. Uh, yeah. What were you rich enough that you no, could have a PlayStation I, and I, a Nintendo? I, I had to wait till they're dirt cheap. Then yeah. I, then I bought them up, and then I have them. Oh, well. I mean, I could go buy a PS2 right now if I wanted to. Yeah, you could. I don't really feel like that. I I like Nintendo. Go, go play man. that because I... you, you've never played Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, I've played it. I've never like ha- had it and played you through. You jabroni. I mean, I've played games that copied that, so <laughs> they're probably better, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sure. 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 Bet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sam Sanchez. He, Sam and Rupa can be in the battle royale. They can lead off. Maybe they're behind. They'll be the it first all. to get their weapons. Maybe they are. Sam could be the teacher. Also wanted to say solid job by Mr. Santoro last week mm-hmm. and say I also enjoyed Pain and Glory. Though similarly to Jared and RJ, I haven't seen as many Almodovar as as I should, just four, mm-hmm. especially as a big Spanish-speaking boy. Might have to work on that soon, but apparently Tony Scott films are more important to me. All right, guys, feel yeah. free to neglect me again. Will do, Sam, will do. You know... I think that uh, the big thing to take away from this is that um, our show has blossomed to the point where uh, e- even the well-established friends of the show, uh, in a moment of spont- spontaneity, we, uh, we we skipped them. And it wasn't intentional. It's just we're – it's the burden you have to p- pay when you're a globally successful Criterion <laughs> podcast. That's right. Uh, we have international fame and uh, it's hard to keep track sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Sam's got, what, eight weeks before pickup on South Street? Mm. Well, we'll see. We'll see what I get into then. What mood will I be in, Jared? Will it be gaming? Will it be reading? Who knows? Exactly. Well, that's it for emails. <laughs> Thanks, oh. everybody. Thanks to the females out there. Very, very good, RJ. Very good. <laughs> Well, thank, thanks to everybody for email. Oh, happy birthday, Oliver. Yeah. Hey, RJ. What? What you been creeping on this week? Uh, things? Yeah, I've I've noticed you've uh you've hit the the Jarrett picks. Uh, r- yeah, well, r- real hard. Real real <laughs> man, I would uh I can't say that I would have probably recommended you watch these movies in such proximity to one another. I uh, it was presented to me. So here was the thing. I went to watch a movie uh, with a friend, and uh, there was a few options on the table. I presented one of the Jarrett picks that I had, which was Things, uh, and then immediately after, uh, he he was like, "You know what? I think would follow up really well with this movie." And then he presented the Greasy Strangler, oh, which boy. actually I. I just to throw it out there, it actually paired as a double well, header. No, like it really, it, no, it makes sense. But when I saw it, I'm yeah. like, holy shit. But now that, now that you've told me the context a little bit, I, yeah. I, I now understand. I understand. Yeah. It makes total sense now. So, uh, you and your friend, uh, have either you've seen things before? No, things was new to both of us. Holy shit. Uh, so, uh, I, I don't get out of that. Well, though it's, it's I, I think it's amazing though that you yeah. watch this with somebody because that is the only way to watch mm-hmm. things is with another person. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And like, I don't really know what, um, for both of these movies, actually, I don't really know what I expected. I didn't expect anything, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I just heard a few things, but... Uh, for things, I actually I didn't know anything about this other than you were like you should watch that movie and I was like okay. Um, <laughs> now now so, you can also borrow the uh, comic book adaptation. There's more. There's the com- there's a comic book adaptation of things. Oh my god! I, I mean, and, I I would be into that sure. And, and have you looked up uh, Barry Gillis? No, I didn't look up anything with the uh, oh, with okay. these bad boys. Well, so so things is directed by Andrew Jordan, but it stars yeah. and. Uh, was written by this guy Barry J Gillis, mm-hmm. uh, who had a film just come out recently. He's like a he's a rig pig, like oh, like from like he made it he made money in northern Alberta working mm-hmm. uh, at the time, and so now he tries to make movies still. And he had a film come out uh, what was this fairly recently called Tales from the Dead Zone, oh, starring uh, Corey Feldman and Bret Hart, the Hitman Whoa. himself, the Hitman Hart. Yep. Oh. I didn't. Uh, oh my goodness! I uh, I knew about that because I, I follow Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, and I saw him promoting it like a year or two ago. I didn't realize it was the Things guy though. Barry G. Gillis, yes, and he also had a film just come out from uh, AGFA, the American mm-hmm. Genre Film Archive, uh, called Wicked World. Uh, that just came out on Blu-ray disc and uh, Wicked I, I, World. Uh, Wicked World. Okay. And I have it. I haven't watched it yet though. Mm. Sad okay. to say. Well, it's that is sad. Maybe you should do a things tear, a Barry Gillis tear, and watch. Now I can give you things back. Well, and not to be. This is like this is yeah, Andrew Jordan's things from nineteen eighty nine. Not to be confused yeah. with the other things. Yeah. See, this is where you get in that sticky territory. So this, this, yeah. Not 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 not, not, ni- not not nineteen ninety three's things. Mm. There, how many things are there? I bet many things. Well, there's definitely two. And there's like two a and there's one called Things from twenty fourteen, directed by Ben Rivers. And this looks this looks like some of that uh, structural film that uh, Jackson's always on about Ooh. a lyrical analysis of the objects we gather around us, split into sections loosely based on the seasons. Wow, <laughs> I, I can't wait until he watches it and lets us know if it's any good. Yeah, Jackson, wherever you are, things from 2014, check it out. It's waiting for you, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah so we watch things. I took like a couple of your movies. I was like, uh, I think these are some of the movies that uh, he would like. Um, and then uh, he was kind of he like he recognized things right away. He's like, ooh, let's watch things. He was like, I've never seen that. I was like, OK. So he threw this bad boy on and uh, it's not really something you watch. It's something you experience, Jared. Just uh, like yep. at, how at the end of the movie, it proclaims and it tells you you have just experienced Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, things is a nice little Canadian uh, deal. It's uh, some guys <laughs> yeah. hanging out in a trailer, um, and it's a it's an eighty three minute movie. And what happens is some guys hang out and they talk for a little bit, and then a little like alien slug demon monster will come out for a while, uh, and then they'll deal with it, and then they'll go back to hanging out. And you'll get like another six, seven minutes of them just kind of talking as if nothing had happened. They're just like, oh, what do we do now? And they're kind of bored. And then uh, and then another one of those demon things come and you deal with that. Uh, and then after that, they hang out and talk a little bit. Yeah. This movie's a lot of. Well, and, you, and, and what about uh, how about Amber Lynn? Oh, the uh, news reporter? Yeah. yeah, she's giving you a live update in the uh, the global national scale of yeah. what's happening. Well, did you recognize her uh, f- from Evils of the Night? 
I did not, but I'm seeing that now she is in there. So uh, that's neat. That is neat. Uh, I didn't re- recognize her, but um, you get a, a, an assortment of characters in here, Jarrett. Uh, you get the doctor who uh, does the the thing. Um, and then uh, I, I think the major star of this film is the audio quality, <laughs> which uh, is something to something to experience. Uh, it's not like at no point did the quality of the film, literally the film quality, the audio quality or the acting at no point did any of those bother me. You just you take it in. Right. Mm-hmm. You take it in. You go you go in expecting this. You're not going to get like some kind of prestige film, but don't, don't, don't watch it. You know, if that's what you want is my point. <laughs> but anyways, uh, things is cool, man. I like things. Good. It's a, it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It's like I said, don't, don't watch it alone. Don't watch it alone. And it's like, this is about as low, low as it gets like for quality and things like that. But it, it's, it's fun. Like it's some guys making a movie and you're like, that's neat. Their only sin is that uh, they killed the dog, Jarrett. Mm. And then he sees the dog and he says, a, cu- a beautiful little doggo, and then he pukes everywhere. <laughs> not not exactly, but he does say something like, a perfect little, pretty little dog, and then he pukes. He's like, ugh. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what else there is to say about things. It's, uh, you got to experience it, I guess, hey? Mm-hmm. If you like Richard Linklater movies, it might right be up your alley. It might be. It's kind of like um, it's people just hanging out, talking. People hanging out, living life, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. They're living life, and there's there's things too where it's like one of the character disappears for a while, but he gets sucked into a fifth dimension through like a hole in the wall, yeah. and then he comes back later, and it's not really addressed or explained. He's just back, and you're like, okay, cool. You don't have to question it. You just got to go along for the ride, right? Along, along for the ride. Much like the follow up. Which was presented to me, and I've heard about the Greasy Strangler. Uh, you've talked about it before. I have. And um, they were just like, uh, my friend was like, I think this would pair well. And I, I got to say, it actually, it does make a pretty good doubleheader. So uh, I watched the Greasy Strangler, Jared. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, I kind of liked it, man. <laughs> uh, like, it's, it's, I think it's got, it's There's... got the goofy kind of stuff that I like. And it, mm-hmm. I don't think it goes too much into the the stuff that like i don't like mm-hmm. does that make sense like i think you're you're well aware of the things that i kind of put me off from stuff because as gross as it is i think it's kind of wholesome this movie <laughs> if that it's it's about it's like a father and son's tale so so uh tell us tell us what the greasy strangler is about uh well you have two two men who uh a father, father and son, son yeah that live together and uh, they run a disco tour in their town. Um, when they're not in their tour, uh, the son, uh, played by is it Sky Evobar, Big Brayden, yeah, Sky Evobar, uh, he's making dinners and breakfasts for his dad, a man named call or a man called Michael Saint Michael's. Uh, so this guy's got the this guy's got a voice, Jarrett, that I can't explain because like I, I feel like. Listening to him is kind of like are you talking about Big Ronnie? Big Ronnie, yeah, Michael St. Michael's listening to his voice, like it kind of put me in a trance a little bit. Like it's not um it's not like uh who's can you know Candyman Tony Todd. It's not like that kind of voice. Not like romantic and like sexual like Tony Todd's, but there's some like you just listen to him and you're like, I want to hear this guy talk more. <laughs> 
he's got a weird voice and it's interesting so anyways these guys live together and uh big Braden, the son he's got to make lots of really greasy food for big ronnie yeah uh, and it's never greasy enough he wants that stuff greasy Jarrett. uh and the reason he's doing that is because when at nighttime when he goes out, he get I don't know, well, is this a spoiler? I no. don't know. <laughs> he, uh, can he you can spoil. can one spoil the greasy strangler? Uh he, he bathes himself in grease and he goes out at night and he strangles people. No. Uh and then when he's through to wa- wash off the grease, he puts himself through the car wash. Yep. Um I I don't know. I uh, I was on board for it, man. Uh, pretty much the whole time, I was like, I like this. And I know a lot of people. It's like uh, are on uh, that. It's a little too much like Tim and Eric, and it's not actually Tim and Eric. But it didn't really bother me that much. I was like, I, I don't know. I like it. It's goofy enough. Good stuff. There's a lot of male male full frontal nudity in mm-hmm. this, which I know you're a big fan of. Yeah, big big fan. Big fan. Uh, you get a lot of butts. You get a lot of dumps. Lots of dicks and boners. It's it's pretty wild, Jer. Are you going to follow my advice to check out um, Jim Hoskins' short films, Crabs, G mm-hmm. for Granddad, and Renegades? Are they easily accessible? Yeah, they're right on his Vimeo page. What do you have? Do you have to make an account to watch on Vimeo? No, it's just, it's just YouTube. It, unless it's that, uh, but it's, but it's like it's, it's a artisanal YouTube. Yeah, Artisanal. yeah, yeah. William, you actually have to. That's a subscription. Gotcha. But yeah, those other ones are can be. Yeah, I mean, so in my review going back, yeah, it's sort of like a mix of street trash and Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, it is. It is like definitely. Um, I don't know. Like, it's like I said. I I kind of find it strangely wholesome this movie, because it's it's guys kind of just hanging out. It does do a little bit of uh, there's bullshit some, artists bullshit artists and you know sexual things and oh, farting and stuff oh, yeah. but uh you know it's a uh, hootie tootie disco cutie hootie tootie disco cutie were you, why not were, were you singing that uh i did have it in my brain uh like a day or two ago i was like hootie tootie disco cutie dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. and yeah mm-hmm. i really like the music mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. of course for all the cutscenes, it's uh it's awesome. So, uh, yeah, it was a surprise hit for me because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. But uh, when I watched it, I was like, that's not really what I expected. I was like, I don't really I don't know what I knew about this movie, but it, that's not what I thought it was. Well, I definitely would have framed it as it's not a movie for everybody. No. <laughs> it's not, and then just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely not for everyone. I could see, like, especially some of the friends of our show. I think if they watch this, they would. uh wouldn't be shy with that half star, I think. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be throwing that out, and that's fine. But you know, whatever. I surprise hit, Jared. Things in a uh, greasy strangler, pretty good. Uh, pretty good night if you got some people coming over. Outstanding. So, uh, I mean, I don't even know what to talk about now. I watched The Night Stalker <laughs> by John Moo and Moxie. Yeah, you did. Uh, I just uh, I'm trying to burn through your pile of movies that I've borrowed, mm-hmm. and uh, I borrowed this because I like John Woo and Moxley mostly. Because uh, Horror Hotel, City of the Dead is like uh, real good, but uh, I haven't been able to like chase that high ever since. A Taste of Evil, his one of his other t- Chris or <laughs> TV movies, that one was good. Home for the Holidays wasn't good. So these are like. Night Stalker is another TV movie. It's yep. only 70 minutes. Yep. So uh, 
you, you know I'm into that. Um, it's fine. It's actually got like kind of a neat uh, structure. It's like a reporter following up on stranglings and like murders. Um, and uh, the way it plays out, it's almost kind of like a like an unsolved mysteries where it's like it's like talking about a lady. It's like this lady was walking down the street. Little did she know she would never walk out. And there's like dun dun, and then like a guy will come strangle her. And I was like, that's cool. I like that. So it was actually kind of like a a little neat like way that they made this little TV movie. It gets into some crazy territory where it's like actually about vampires and shit. But it was like, is it just the reporter? Is he talking about this? And then I was also like, is this supposed to be like somewhat factual? And they just like went off with it? Or is this just a total fabrication? Which I assume it was. But so are you know. not familiar with the Kolchak TV series? No. Oh, my God. Is that what this guy is? Yeah, so... The was this a TV so, series from the 70s? How would I even know about that? <laughs> so there's two There's two of these. There's the Night Stalker and the Night Strangler. Strangler, yeah. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, this Kolchak guy, mm-hmm. uh, b- based on the popularity of these two TV movies, there's a, there's an entire TV show called Kolchak. Okay. And he's the Night Stalker. And he's like a detective who's uh, tracking down these ghouls. And it was a massive influence on the X-Files. Uh, okay. That's cool. I didn't realize that. So wait, Kolchak, that's, he's not the, the detective that sucked on the lollipop, that's right? Ko, that's Kojak. Kojak. Then they're different. This is Kolchak. Kolchak. And so you're saying that this is a X-Files, a proto X-Files? Yes. Uh, literally on the Kolchak, the Night Stalker uh, TV Wikipedia page, Chris Carter cited Kolchak as a, quote, tremendous influence in creating his franchise the franchise the x-files which mm. i actually have known since i was like a kid because there was uh when x-files first started up there was like the weird like science fiction magazines that would do interviews with him and they would talk about this mm. night stalker and i was like what the hell is this tv show I, and there was no way to watch it forever and so when this uh when i bought the mgm double header disc that you borrowed for me which i've now upgraded to glorious blu-ray beside mm. me um yeah, there's no way to watch this, but yeah, there's it's actually on DVD now as well. I think it was on Netflix mm-hmm. at one point. There's like only 20 episodes. Was it good? I never watched any of the episodes. Oh. I ha- but I have it. I mean, you know, that's part of the game. You just I you, see. It's the rules of the game. They say. Uh huh. You should watch it, and you can let me know if it's any good. Yeah. And then if it is good, then I'll know that it's a worthy use of my time. This, the last episode is called the Century. And it's this is, here, let me read you about this. A lizard man creature kills Ooh. subterranean workers who have stolen its eggs. Nice. It stole they stole its eggs? Yeah. What a bunch of pricks. Uh what a bunch of pricks. What else we got here? Let, youth, let me go find the highest rated whoa, one. The youth killer. Helen of Troy returns to drain the youth out of unsuspecting perfect victims. Sacrifices mm. for the god Hecate Hecate in her quest for immortality. That sounds cool. So at 8.7, the highest rated episode is called Horror in the Heights. Residents of the Roosevelt Heights neighborhood are being caught off guard and killed by a flesh-eating demon with the ability to appear as a person they know and trust. Aw! I hate Ooh. doppelganger movies. It's, it's, it's a Hindu Rakshasha, which can assume the form of anyone its victims trust, totally terrorizes a Jewish neighborhood. Whoa. Whoa. 
Whoa. A oh. female demon takes over the bodies of recently deceased young women so she can seduce handsome young college students and scare them to death? Damn. Kolchak, you wild, girl. Hey, the first episode, Kolchak argues that a serial killer is actually Jack the Ripper. Awesome. Yeah, this sounds good. Uh, RJ, episode three, they have been, they are, they will be, also known as UFO. An invisible alien sucks out the bone marrow of its victims while it makes repairs on its ship and looks for directions home. That sounds tight, man. I'm into that. Yeah? Yeah. Imagine, RJ, if you just did a little bit of research. Just imagine. I uh, I don't have the time to look into things. Do you have any idea how exhausting it is being alive? I do. Do you have any idea? Yeah, no, uh, that's cool. But uh, like realistically, when would I ever watch? When would I ever watch that? You know what I mean. But anyways, uh, yeah, some good shows I watched. I recommend them for everyone because you'll surely like them. Definitely. Surely. Well, I definitely think while uh, Oliver is waiting for uh, his second child to arrive, he should be watching Greasy Strangler. Yeah, I mean that's a movie about fathers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then I was going to say, speaking of um, because we forgot Sam Sanchez in the shout out, I I did him that favor and I watched that Robert Altman movie he was telling me to watch for so long. But uh, I figured I could talk about that later anyways. Mm, Of course. Yeah, because he wanted me to watch a Robert Altman movie, right? He didn't say which one it was, was it? Yeah, Yeah, you know, not. Yeah. One that's not from the 70s and doesn't have Elliot Gould. That's what he suggested. All I heard was Robert Altman, so uh, I went with it. I did him a, I did him a, a big solid because uh, I know, I know, I knew we did him dirty earlier, you know. Beautiful. Yep. So I watched a thing. I watched a Netflix thing. What and, thing? Uh, well, when I first started this, I was kind of uh-huh. like, ah, this is a good way to troll RJ. I'm, I'm gonna watch this. Don't fuck with cats. Hunting an <laughs> oh, internet Jared. killer. Because at first of all, I thought it was like an hour long documentary, and I was like, "That's uh-huh. awesome! I can watch this in my lunch hour." Outstanding. Because mm-hmm. I haven't had time to watch anything else. And then, and then what happened? And then, as it gets to the end, I'm like, "Wait a minute! What? This isn't going to wrap up the story." And I'm like, "Oh fuck! It's three hours because <laughs> it's three episodes." They got See, me. Look what, look what happens. You you tried to do something to me and look what happened to you. I didn't do my research. And it was like, exactly. a, it was a weird surprise. Cause I had no idea what this was about at all. Mm-hmm. Like, cause no one even told me to watch it. I just mm-hmm. was like trying to find something that was like accessible. I could watch in my office. No one's going to bother me. And so I, I popped this on being like, well, what, what is this thing? And so it starts off. It's following these internet sleuths by mm-hmm. accident these uh, people who get, you know, they're spending time online back in 2012, mm-hmm. and they, or 2011, I guess, and uh, un- under their noses, they're presented with a video, a video of a young man killing two kittens. And okay. they're horrified by this, as most people would be. Mm-hmm. And uh, they proceed to, like, you know, create, like, their own, like, Facebook group to try to identify this person and bring them to justice, mm-hmm. even though uh, sadly uh, the laws of the world really don't give a fuck about animals. But uh, this they might care about just a little bit. 
And there's also that weird, you know, little thing in your mind where you're like, huh, you know, people who do this to animals, they're just, uh, they're ramping up. I, uh, I never really understood that though. Like, you know, like I know that that's how they do it, but it's like, if you're really, if you really want to do it, just go do it. Don't be like taking your aggressions out on poor animals. So fortunately the documentary doesn't like show the actual video videos. Uh, Did you say fortunately or unfortunately? Fortunately. Okay, good. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't, uh. Wanting to see that. And I don't know if Netflix would be wanting that to be mm-hmm. shown either. So, yeah. yeah, you get like just little glimpses and you get a description of what happens. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. So you get these people who start like breaking down like the information they have in the room mm-hmm. of from this video. And they do all this like legwork that like, I don't know, a lot of it does feel like padding out time to make this into like a big story. Mm-hmm. Because they spend a lot of time just talking about how they could identify a vacuum in a video and like how electrical plugs would be and like weird leads where there's like a Russian sounding sitcom playing in the background. But then mm-hmm. when they actually figure it out, they're like, Oh, this guy was making us one. He was wanting us to think that he's in Russia when in fact he could be anywhere. And they start realizing that he's got Marlboro cigarettes and oh, he's, mm. he's got to be in North America and that vacuum cleaner is only sold in North America. So he's got to be somewhere. And then, about like I don't know, forty minutes so or so into the documentary, they uh, a name pops up and I went, oh for fuck's sakes, that's what this is because it's like uh, the person you're looking for is Luca Magnota, and I don't know if that mm. name rings any bells for you, RJ. It sounds familiar. So Luca Magnota uh, is famed Canadian killer who uh, became notorious when a video that he posted sometime after these videos of him killing cats where mm-hmm. it's called one man, one man, one ice pick. And he posted a, a video mm-hmm. of himself, uh, stabbing a man to death with an ice pick. And then after that, he dismembered the body, uh, and sent the head and hands and feet to the conservative party leaders and the right. liberal party leaders to an elementary school. And then he fled the country went to Paris and this became mm-hmm. like an international thing. So this documentary, I had, I did not know what that, this was actually about that particular case of mm-hmm. which I knew two thirds of this information, I guess, but not even mm-hmm. like all the details, but I did not know about the, I didn't really specifically know about the cats part because, uh, you get presented with the, the various ways that he killed cats and it's like, Oh, so that's great. And, uh, you, I don't feel bad for you at all. You did this to yourself. <laughs> well, see, that's the fun thing is that the end of the documentary, the, the one internet sleuth lady, she, she admonishes me. She, she says, mm-hmm. she kissed RJ. It goes down the, who are the real monsters road? The, yeah. The guy doing this or the guy watching the videos of people doing this well, to cows what, 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 or cats. What, watching a documentary about it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Maybe you should just stop being a bad dude. <laughs> I, I I think everything would be resolved, no? Yes, and all the cats would be safe. Well, I mean, in a good world, yeah. if there weren't bad dudes out there, right? Yeah. Right? Right? Exactly. Well, I'm, uh, I mean, I'd say I was surprised, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Just business as usual with the dunk, man. That's right. Uh-huh. Yep. So yeah, this was this is just on Netflix for people to check out. 
It's mm-hmm. uh, it's, you can't even call it a serial killer thing because he only killed one guy. Sure. And uh, good, good dude. And there's some weird, weird links about how his mom thinks he's innocent still, and <laughs> that there's yeah. a, there's a mysterious man that was pulling the strings, which is uh, thoroughly debunked by the end of this. So I'm not sure if his mom's going to be watching it to get both mm-hmm. sides or not. But probably uh, not. Probably not. Well, um. I guess that's that, hey? That's that. Hmm. 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 Interesting. You got got any news there, buddy? Uh, news? Nope. No, I don't got any news. I thought I did. Apparently, after leaving Doctor Strange 2, Scott Derrickson reveals the DC movie he wants to direct. (gasps) And what is it, Jarrett? I don't fucking know. I heard Marvel's trying to buy DC or some some horseshit. Oh yeah. I don't know if it's the comics maybe, or the the films, but maybe it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Who cares? Yeah. It, oh yeah. It's never oh, appara- happened. Apparently, Jarrett. he wants to direct a Justice League dark movie. Oh, you know what I saw floating around uh, this week because, and it, it had like. I don't know, like 10,000 retweets or something like that. Because, again, it's just that time it cycles back. Uh, some guy, I think his name was like Scott Wamper or something, some movie critic, was like, I am currently reading Guillermo del Toro's Justice League dark script, and yes, it is fantastic. <laughs> and it's just like, nobody cares about all these like abandoned movies. Remember when people were all hot on Max Landis's abandoned movies? They're like, it's like, read Max Landis's abandoned Pokemon script. And it's like, I don't want to read that because there was a reason it was like not made. I don't know. You know, Jarrett? You know? Anyways. Huh? What? Man, internet news sites are just with movie stuff. Ugh. Lucrative? Will, will Edge of Tomorrow 2 ever actually happen? Here's everything we know. <laughs> mm. Who gives a shit? Oh, and, I... and why Disney's new CEO is good news for Walt Disney World in Disneyland. Again, who gives a shit? Oh, you I know s- what I mean? When I see that uh, No Time to Die will reportedly be the longest James Bond movie yet. Mm. <laughs> these things. These things. What else we got on these hot news things? Um, Macaulay Culkin joins American Horror Story. That's cool. Everything we know. Right, Jarrett? Hidden clues you may have missed in the trailer. You'll never <sighs> believe that what they did next. It's usually how it goes. I'm just saying stuff. I'm not even reading things anymore. I'm just, I'm just talking. No. I know. You know what I mean? We all know. You're uh, you're ready to go to a soiree? What kind? Um, the 1939 French kind. Is it sexy? Mm, some might think so. What do you mean some? Some, a few. How do you de- how how do you describe a few? Is a few three four? Three. Three. What cu- is four? A, a couple's two. Uh, four up, you would call several. Did you make these rules? Nope. How do we know for sure then? That's what they are. Hmm. And speaking of rules, 
after the break, uh, um, we're, we're, we're going to be playing by them very, okay. very, very carefully by the rules. What? The rules of convention. I'm a bitch. Of what? I'm a bitch. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about the rules of the game from 1939, directed by Jean Renoir. The synopsis, RJ, from Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. A weekend at a Marquis country chateau lays bare some ugly truths about a group of hot bourgeois acquaintances. Oh, wow. Really? Tell me more, Jarrett. Nope, that's it. That's all they give us. That that's is, all? That that's is, all? That is it. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then what happened? <laughs> well, you you tell me. Okay, let's let, let's pull up the uh, Criterion Collection back of the box. Let's take a look at what that says. Do you <clears> have <throat> that available to you? I, I I actually own this on Blu-ray, RJ. Wow, nerd. No. Um, let us read. Considered one of the greatest films ever made. The Rules of the Game, Le Reger de Jeu, by Jean Renoir, is a scathing mm. critique of corrupt French society cloaked in a comedy of manners in which a weekend at a Marquis country chateau lays bare some ugly truths about a group of hot bourgeois acquaintances. <laughs> what, do, what do they mean, hot? Like hot-headed? Hot? Uh, French word for Hot. Like, are you saying hot? Like H O T? H A U T. Oh, like hot. 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 On hot. On hot. Elevated, grand, important. I don't know. Uh, sure. I speak French. We all do, right? Yeah. Ele- high elevated pe- peoples, I guess. Um. Uh, the film has had a tumultuous history. It was subjected to cuts after the violent response of the premiere audience in 1939, and the original negative was destroyed during World War II. It wasn't reconstructed until 1959. That version, which has stunned viewers for decades, is presented here. What do they mean by stunned? Is that French too? Uh, they mean that in the classical sense. In the literal English sense? Yes. Interesting. Stunned. Interesting. So, rules of the game. I have seen this movie once before, and it uh-huh. was seven years ago now, I guess. It was 2013. Sure. And uh, upon that first viewing, I had I only knew this movie from its uh, reputation of being mm-hmm. regarded as one of the greatest films ever made, often second only to Citizen Kane. 
only second? Why not just call him uh, on par? Maybe some people do. This movie, Maybe. this movie is much beloved. And I remember watching it and kind of being like, huh, mm-hmm. that's it, huh? That's mm-hmm. all. That That's what this is. And I'm like, this this comedy of manners, mm-hmm. um, people are really uh, losing their shit over. Okay, okay. Um, I don't think I really ever need to see this movie again, but I've got it now. So what what can I do about it? And and this was like four years before doing a podcast where it's like shit. I'm gonna have to watch this movie again sometime. Did um before you had uh so wait you watched it once didn't think much of it and then you bought it? No, I had it. I I bought it blind. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, so I I didn't know. I I just assumed that uh, this would deliver. Well, when it's second only to Citizen Kane, Jared, I mean. Right? Well, so and so I remember when this came out on DVD. And it has this, like, really shitty old DVD cover. It's, like, blue squares and, like, photos of people. I, it's it's not a good cover at all. It, I yeah. didn't I wouldn't want anything with it. And then it got repackaged with its new kind of uh, cartoony uh, illustration cover that is mm-hmm. a lot better. And, and it more speaks to, like, this kind of uh, comedy of manners thing that I talked about earlier. Anyway, so I don't know. I was kind of walking into this thinking, well, you know what? I gave this three stars back in the day thinking pretty hot praise from you. It's fine, but it's inoffensively fine. And, uh, there's nothing really here that, uh, I'm going to get out a lot out of. This is the type of movie that like, I'm not crazy about really. It's got to have like a pretty amazing screenplay. Mm-hmm. For me to like really get into it, and I don't know, there's something about the uh, the writing of this. Like I've seen some people think this is brilliant. Like they think the screenplay is incredible, and I don't know, I don't get that at all. Which people? The the people on the internet. Okay. Yeah, on Letterboxd and uh, mm-hmm. professional film critics who get paid, RJ, unlike us, who get paid to do this for a living. They love this movie. So take whatever I'm about to say with a grain of salt. So upon rewatching this movie. I was watching it and uh, admiring the cinematography. Mm-hmm. It's got that deep focus. We've talked about that deep focus cinematography before. Oh, sure. R- remember in High Low? Of course. How could I forget? It's it's looks really great there. In this, of course. I don't know. It's it's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. that we talked about Citizen Kane. Uh, we're all on board that Citizen Kane train. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, rules of the game. So I was admiring like the camera movement, there that yeah. whole opening scene. So let's actually talk about maybe first what this movie's actually about, unlike these sure like, this pithy could. little summary. So there's this aviator named Andre. Mm-hmm. He flies mm-hmm. from America all the way to uh, this airfield near Paris. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, holy shit, no one's done this since Lindbergh. This is an incredible feat in so many days. And he arrives. And it's like, it's really great. It's like actually a really well done shot where mm-hmm. all the inf- like the camera's kind of roving through this crowd in a dark scene on a probably, like, I don't even know if they're doing it on location. And it's, it's very hectic. And you're kind of like, oh, this is like kind of awkwardly shot, but in a, intentional way where the camera's behind people and like mm-hmm. it's ground level and you're like oh this is like it feels like you're actually there guy lands everyone's celebrating him he asks where's where's the was it christine 
where's Christine? I want to tell her. I, I, I did it for her. And it's like, oh, she's not even here. And then he's real bummed out. And then the news people mm-hmm. show up asking for a quote about his trip. And he's like, oh, she did like this. I did it for this woman and she never even came. And it's like, what a doofus. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, how do you think that would play out now if, um, say, you did a, a Lindbergh style event and you were like, I just really wanted Jennifer Gardner to be here. Uh, or no, wait, what's her? That's her name, right? What? What was Ben Affleck's uh, wife's name? Garner? Garner? Yeah, Jennifer Garner. Okay. I do a movie podcast. What if you were like, hey, I just want Amy Adams to be here. And then when she <laughs> wasn't there, you were just like, fuck that bitch. I start telling and then the you world. you got real mad. Airing out my dirty yeah. laundry, not just keep it in. Yeah, that's not my style. So we uh, cut to the radio broadcast carrying this message of him whining. And you get to meet, I guess, this Christine woman in this like palatial mansion where mm-hmm. she's married to another man, to a man, uh, her husband. Mm-hmm. And she's having these conversations with her uh, her maid, Lisette. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of introduced to these people. And you're kind of like, huh, who am I rooting for here? Who, who, what's going on? Mm-hmm. We get Who were you rooting for? Um, well, we'll get to that. So we have, uh, so Andre meets up with his buddy, uh, Octave, who's actually played by, uh, old Jean Renoir, Renoir himself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's probably the most robust character in this film. A hundred percent. He's like kind of the, the odd man out. He's, he's a, he's a Jew in the setting and we, we get some, some conversations about, Jewish people later on. Keep in mind that this is 1939, uh, right as the, you know, the Germans are going to roll out and uh, occupy France and leading to this movie getting repressed and taken away. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, we got to go to the party. <laughs> like They're going to like, it's going to be a make good. You really made an ass of yourself, you clown doing this thing. And so it's all about getting everybody under one roof at the big chateau over at uh what is it? What I'm trying to, what is, what's the name of her husband? The uh the rich man. Le Le Cheve, Chesney, Chesney? Mark Chris, Swiss Chalet. Christine or yeah, his name Yeah, what wait, what's going on here? Yeah. Oh fuck these names. Robert. Robert is I'll, Mar- I'll Marquis. I got it. There, there's a big cast here. There's uh a oh, dozen a people. Cast. Yeah. So anyway, we're introduced to Robert, who's like, you know, telling his wife, Christine, sweet nothings. But then he's like mm-hmm. going off to say, hey, uh, Genevieve, his his mistress, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're all lying scumbags. Um, we're introduced to Schumacher, uh, who's married to Lisette. He's the gamekeeper of the estate. He doesn't mm-hmm. like a poacher in this, this, who's like kind of a, a scamp. He always has a good line to get himself uh, in there and around there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this to me is like this exact same story told in a movie now would leave me just as kind of like underwhelmed because <laughs> I don't care about this story. And sure. honestly, there's not a lot in the telling of it that like wins me over like obviously there's like some pretty innovative filmmaking going on in fact Mm -hmm. there's times where the movie feels like way ahead of its time Mm -hmm. um just like yeah the the, when you think about what movies were like when we've seen movies like we've seen some of those like early hitchcock movies and 
Hitchcock seems to be struggling to keep that camera moving the way he wants. We're all blown away when that camera zooms in on the uh, the guy who's disguised in blackface as the drummer, and we're like raving mm-hmm. about that. But then here, uh, this camera's always in move in motion. It has a very more mm-hmm. of a some might say lyrical quality and how it's moving around and it's telling the story very effortlessly. It doesn't. It's not fancy. It's it's not bringing attention to itself because. Pretty well, like all movies kind of work this way now, but maybe because we're thinking about like these giant lumbering black and white cameras, it's just that much more impressive. And you're also seeing this movie that on a technical level is like really well made, but the story just like leaves me so cold. And upon rewatching this movie, I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't, I think I like this movie less somehow. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's really strange. And like, I couldn't help but think about, uh, uh, maybe this movie is my man, Godfrey for me whereas oh, see, so you actively dislike it i don't know if i actively dislike it i just like almost uh, this week felt resentful of having to watch this movie mm-hmm. that i just wasn't that into and uh but whereas my man godfrey like i i think that movie's like really like really good i i think the, hey. the writing in that's great um mm-hmm. it's actually funny whereas and this is uh also a great comedy but it's sure it is. but it's uh i don't know i Sure was not not laughing <laughs> at all. So uh-huh. we have the big to do, the big mm-hmm. the the gala, and you find out everybody's banging somebody. There's uh people slipping behind everybody's back. Everybody's trying to sleep with somebody, and of course one thing leads to another, and one guy's wearing somebody's jacket that he shouldn't be wearing at the right time, and someone gets shot, and it's kind of like oh well, that's that. And then they they dust their hands of it, and they say, oh, well. Oh, well. Aren't we callous, rich people? Well, I mean, they're really sticking it to the lower class, Jared. Kind of? Well, I mean, in the the callousness, they're like, could I I, I have things to say. You can continue. So, yeah, that's kind of the payoff. Andre the Aviator, for all his troubles. Mm -hmm. Spoilers. Uh, mm-hmm. He gets mistaken for Octave, I guess. Octave, and because yep. because uh, 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 Schumacher thinks that Octave's running off with his Lisette, because mm-hmm. that's who Octave. That's why he wanted to come up here. He wants mm-hmm. he wants a little bit of that. Everybody wants a little bit of everybody in this, and yes, that and, and then she shot dead. And then there's like kind of a like cavalcade of action, sort of. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, the police show up, and it's like, oh, well, that's what it is. Everybody back in, and mm-hmm. it, and it kind of just ends. And like, I don't know, it's just like, is this power? Is this a powerful thing? Am I? I'm an idiot. I'll sure. I, I just don't know. It, it just leaves me completely bored. Of sure. Like I don't know. It's just not interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of positives. Uh, there's some fist fighting going on several yeah. times. That are like a mix of 1939 fight choreography, and sometimes it's like, yeah, I guess that's how people who wouldn't know how to fight at all would fight. Um, it brings up one of my favorite things of the absurdity of duels. The idea of like mm-hmm. slap a man and goes, I challenge you to duel. The guy's like, Nah, I don't want to do that. What? Well, everyone will know. He's like, Yeah, I don't care. And then he just proceeds to beat the shit out of the guy anyway. It's yep. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty real. That's that's how that would actually go down. It's a lot more realistic. Yep. Yep. I think uh, some other positives. Um, that you mentioned earlier there's certain technical aspects that are pretty good the one thing i liked a lot actually was um 
not when they have their weird hereditary or not hereditary midsummer style grizzly bear uh, play <laughs> scene. Yes. Uh, but when it cuts from that play to the crowd and it's like the girl in the doorway and the like the spotlights kind of like moving around her. I, I thought that was really neat. I was like, I like that. That's a nice little scene. So um, that was like for me i was like that's the best scene in the film right here is just this little thing going on here but then i was also distracted i was like what's going on with this airy aster ass uh bear suit what is this you know what i mean well i mean everyone's got a bear suit well who doesn't now nowadays yeah now but uh, but 1939 yeah so tell me what else you thought there jerry oh boy let's take a look here there's some okay so this this could be mean, but like, sure. so Christine, the, 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 the lady love that everybody's like in love with, mm-hmm. is, she, is she so special? I don't think any of them are special. She's, is she so great? I don't mm-hmm. know. In this, she's just kind of like, I'm like, really? Her? Mm-hmm. It's like, other well, than that, I guess she's rich and like, we're told that like, she's this big deal, but man, I don't know. I, I don't see it at all. Like, there's no, there's just no one I'm rooting for. I I kind of had the same thing with like Octave played by our boy himself, because I was like, I can't remember what movie it was, but it was a movie not too long ago that uh, the director played himself. And he was like, women were like busting after him all the time. And, it, and it's not a Woody Allen movie. Was it? No, it wasn't a Woody Allen movie, but it was like it was a similar kind of idea. It was like this motherfucker is just gonna ta- cast himself as this like un- like desirable heartthrob, and so I felt the same with like Octave because he's like he's sleeping around with like everyone, and then Christine, she's like almost on board to leave with him. So I was like, so the girl everyone's going after is gonna go after this guy, and then like I so um. I can talk about it more when I talk to, but uh, I watched some of the supplements, Jared, and uh, they talk about how Octave is supposed to be a self, uh, like self-deprecating, like guy who's like hard on himself. And I was like, I didn't really get that at all. I was like, did I miss that? Or he's he's not like shitting on himself at all. He seemed like a like a pompous guy. They all do, kind of. Nobody like pokes fun at themselves. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out this movie that you were talking about. Was uh, it, I can like Schizopolis? <laughs> uh, <Steven> Soderbergh. No. <laughs> like, well, I have my book here. I can like flip through and try to find what exactly it was. I'm trying to think of movies that were the directors actually uh, front and center in the movie. It it could have not been a creep. Maybe it was a Woody Allen movie. But I feel like we talked, or maybe it was like a like one of the remakes. Dog of- Star was. Oh, I, it was definitely Dog Star Man. Well, I think he, that one was earned, though. He had his balls, like, right on display for everyone. And it was like, yeah. Oh, you know what it was? It wasn't the director himself. But, okay, so remember our boy Antoine? The, yeah, oh, yeah, that's from yeah, 400 oh, yes, Blows? Yes, yes, And how he, he's, like, the character is Truffaut. And yeah. then everyone, yeah, I think that's what okay. it was. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I did see that, but I went, Truffaut's not in that. And then I kept yeah. going. Because that was, like, the next one that it could possibly be. I think it was it. Let's just leave it at that. Perfect. But do you want uh, do you want me to rattle on for a little bit or Absolutely. Go right on ahead. Okay. So I uh I don't know where these people are went out to lunch 
on this greatest movie ever made. But I was watching this and I was like, okay. And then uh, I just did like, I started watching, like I said, some of the supplements. And all I watched was like two, I think uh, it was like a couple people being interviewed and they were talking about like this greatest movie ever made. And I was like, what? And so I actually looked in, like I read, I went to like Wikipedia. I did some research for once. I was like, I was like, what are they talking about? And then I saw all these people talking about it and I was like, get bent, man. I was like, what are these guys fucking talking about? I was like, cause this movie is like not even as good as grand illusion. Right. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. Grand Illusion's a lot better than this thing. Um, so I like, I was like, I don't, I don't know what that's about. I feel like this falls in that category of movies that shouldn't exist because of the history of like the film getting like blown up or whatever in in the war. And I was like, okay, maybe that's why this is here. But I don't really see why it gets all this um, acclaim in the sense that it does. Because I'm very much the same as you, where. Uh, um, these films that like depict the upper crust, uh, it's like I don't sympathize with any of these people. Like I don't feel bad for you. And like I saw a thing about like how uh, like he they were saying like or it was him himself. He was saying he's like, yeah, I did this as like a satire about the people and they were all mad. And he's like, but I went easy on them. I could have went harder. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I didn't feel like this, like criticize them at all because they're talking about is like, well, they're callous and cold and shut off because like war is coming and they don't care because it's just they're they're playing their little games. And it's like, what what should they be doing? Like crying? I don't know that like maybe that is a normal response, but it's like they're fancy rich people. They probably don't have to go to war anyways. They'll probably be fine. So it's like, what's, what's the problem, bub, bub. So yeah, my, my major issues were with the, the story itself too. Like, I think that all the stuff about the mood, like the technical aspects there, it's all fine. It's like I said, I like that lighting thing. That was cool. But the, the story itself, I find like a little bit like, like it seems like a little bit much for me like there's too many there's too many moving parts in this, this is a hell of a wikipedia page yeah it's pretty i feel pretty like robust, uh many, eh? many i think i feel like a lot of people i mean because uh, so i i trying to like find things to like comment upon I, I went back to reading uh roger ebert's like great movies article on this thing because he talks about how many times he's seen it and like mm-hmm. how when he watched it on dvd finally it was like the best it ever had looked because before that it was like always like these like underlit grainy vhs tapes and even like the criterion laser disc from years and years ago wasn't for up to snuff and he's taught it and watched it and he's like it wasn't until this time that i really got it <laughs> it's like oh mm-hmm. what it's horseshit what well i don't know i guess like once you have like a connection to the movie, it makes more sense. But I'd be I'd be curious if uh, new new viewers are like falling under its sway, or if it's just mm-hmm. gonna be one of those movies. It's like, oh yeah, it's like another because to me it's just like it feels like yeah. If this was movie was just presented as like another piece of like Renoir's filmography, of which now we've watched mm-hmm. two, two of his movies, uh, and there's there's more to come. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's kind of like oh, this movie's just like. It, it's no different than like other movies that we've seen. Let me, and like even on this in the creep so far, let me, mm-hmm. uh, try to point to what those are. But yeah, my, my man Godfrey obviously comes to mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, a very, compl- a very different movie from it is the ruling class from uh, 1972, which is British and a very different movie. But like, I think that movie is like so much more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. 
but obviously it's it's got the advantage of being more contemporary and also i love my uh 70s cinema so mm-hmm. there's that I mean, I mean i'm not above like liking movies from the 30s or 40s but i don't I, I don't think it's anything like that no. either um so i was gonna say one thing i just noticed that or tr- uh, like, I, actually this reminds like trouble in paradise is kind of like oh a yeah s- similar yeah. type of thing but i think that movie also has like a more of a charm to it too because it is mm-hmm. like again it is it's like that american screwball sensibility that i'm uh i would be more uh sympathetic to i guess like the mm-hmm. characters would be scumbags but lovable scumbags where in this they're just kind of like i don't know if the movie really cares if you like these people or not and it's yeah. like well that's the scathing part but you're like yeah but i don't want to spend two hours watching them yeah exactly and it's like you don't feel I don't know. I don't feel anything for any of these people. You're like, why do I care about any of them? Even like the, uh, even like the help, uh, like yeah, the groundskeeper right. and stuff. You're just like, this guy is like weirdly aggressive dude too. He just kills a guy outright. And then they're like, oh, well, and you're like, I don't feel bad for him either. Maybe yeah. he should have treated his wife a little better. <laughs> and then she wouldn't have wanted to leave, you know? You know what I mean, Jer? Ah, uh, man, I, I gotta be doing a better job on my letterbox tags, keeping track of the upper crust. Upper crust, and you gotta put the um, the gallery of cocks in this one too. <laughs> is that what you called it, or just just cockolding in general? Yeah, we're in the world of cucks. Uh huh. Well, okay. So there's a lot of that going on. That's what I mean. Like, there's so many moving parts in this thing. Uh, one thing to its credit and to its like, it's good and bad. The too many things going on, I think, is bad. But there's a few scenes where it's like maybe the long hallways and the characters moving around. Like two people will enter from like a door and they'll start talking, and then one will leave, and then someone will come from the other end of the hallway, and then it'll follow them. This almost sounds like a Robert Altman movie. It, it almost is, Jared. It almost is. But what? like that's actually when they do those scenes, I actually kind of like those because it's like characters coming into well, space and then leaving space. Right. It's and, like a continuous shot. And, and here's the thing, right? Like, because I mean. In 1939, that's unheard of. That's not how you do yeah. things. Like, it's usually yep. everything is contained in the frame and this idea that, mm-hmm. like, action's happening on the outside and people are coming back and forth. And that's, like, the thing uh, I was talking about with deep focus where there's people in the foreground that are having the conversation that we're focusing on, but in the background, everybody's still on. The characters are, like, doing their thing. They're, they're, they have mm-hmm. their own acts and uh, agency. That, but, again, like, that's I, it's all well and good. I get mm-hmm. that, but... I, uh, you gotta, you gotta give me something to hang my hat something on. Something more. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of all I was saying too. Like, I, I do really like the lighting scenes. And then I do think those scenes are cool where it's people kind of coming and going. But then it, I think so many characters is a detriment to it too. Like, not even that it's, I never had a hard time keeping up with all the characters that are presented. I was kind of, but like the naming was an issue, but I, I don't even look at names. I just look at their faces and it's like, okay, I know who this person is now. Um, but like, it just gets too much to keep track of sometimes. And you're just like, fuck, just move on with it. Just get, and then here, here's my one big criticism, Jared. Are you ready for this? Hit me. Can, can you imagine what it's going to be? So the, the much talked, talked about hunt scene. The oh hunt. Yeah. So here, here's here's where my issue comes with, Jared. It's like, yeah, I realize that uh, this is a part of societal life that happened and a necessity for a lot of people. And you got the beaters beating out the rabbits and all the ducks. And what you're 
given is about like a three minute video of just animals being shot like rabbits and like birds and stuff and you're like okay uh and then when i was watching these interviews these fucking people are talking about like how it's like a criticism of war and like the mindless killing and i was like hold on hold on because they were saying that like renoir himself he's like a devout vegetarian and he was like i I find this senseless it's like but you know what let's kill like uh like 40 40 animals just for this movie anyways so i found it like ironically hypocritical because they're like we're gonna make a comment about the senseless killing of people in war by having this huge hunting scene and killing a bunch of animals that'd be like if i wanted to make a statement about like animal welfare and I went to a battered woman's home and I just started wrecking the place. Just made a real fit, Jarrett. I feel like that's almost the same thing. I feel like it's misplaced. You understand? I feel like they misplaced it, Jarrett. <laughs> like they found it and they're like, hey, let's, uh, what else am I going to do with this stuff? Yeah. And they're like, and it's like, that's the irony of it. It's like, what you're saying that you don't like, you're kind of doing, my man. Do you not understand? It's You're the... taking aggression from one area and throwing it somewhere else. I don't know. That's just what I thought. I was like, that's silly. That's silly. So anyways, I uh, I didn't get much out of this movie either, Jared. And it's, I don't know. I just, I had a hard time like being interested in any of these people right from the start where it's like, you, you're the Lindbergh baby. And then I, and then all I could think about was I was like the Lindbergh baby <laughs> Or do I know? So, wait, okay, right from the start, I was like, I don't care about this pilot. But when you said the Lindbergh thing, I was like, why isn't there a Lindbergh baby movie? I'd be way more interested in that. <laughs> Grandpa Simpson knows, right? Uh-huh. There's no Lindbergh baby movie, is are, there? Are you sure? I don't think so. If there is, I haven't seen well, it. Well, there's a TV movie from 1976, The Lindbergh Kidnapping Case. Hmm. Because, as I understand or, it. Or. Uh... Nope, nope, not that one. Well, because the guy that they convicted and executed for the Lindbergh baby killing, he always said he was innocent. Maybe it was a Kolchak, uh, Kolchak situation, Jared. Maybe there was a monster that kidnapped that baby. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Go on. Maybe it was Kolchak. Do you know uh, who uh, is the star of the Lindbergh kidnapping case? Like the actual case or? The, the movie. The star of it? Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Bruno yeah. Hopman himself. Anthony. Bruno. Okay, uh, yeah, I might check this out now. It's probably on, it's cool. probably on YouTube. I might check it out. So, RJ, I, I know you all, speaking of uh, the Altman. Oh, yeah. You uh, you actually went and watched uh, Gosford Park for the very first time, which is also a movie I saw in theater Oh, fancy boy. I, oh, when, yeah, back, uh, back when it was in the conversation for best picture. See, this was uh, when you were watching Gosford Park in theaters, I was watching Spy Kid getting my shorts blown off. Spy mm-hmm. Kids. So uh, we had different tastes uh, 19 years ago. Back in oh, 2001. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I watched Gosford Park because as far as my research, which was watching one of the supplements or one or two and then cruising that uh, – wikipedia page it said that gosford park is pretty much the closest that you'll have to like not i wouldn't say a remake but a spiritual sequel jared Mm -hmm. spiritual sequel because robert altman and his buddy 
Julian Fellows, they wrote this thing together. So it's kind of like if you had the rules of the game and you have all the same setup, you have the rich people, they go on a hunt, but then you have one of them get murdered and then you have more focus on the help, on the working people. So funny thing. So Julian Fellows... I don't know if you realize he's also the creator, writer, and executive producer of Downton Abbey. Well, obviously that makes sense. That, well, yeah. <laughs> so these these fucking people who fetishize this upstairs downstairs thing, I I don't know. Do you want to hear something funny? Hmm. You know how the credits play out? Yeah. The upstairs, and then it plays, and then the downstairs, yes. and then it plays. Yeah, it's it's a whole genre, and it's it's a whole genre. Yeah, yeah. This one definitely like it focuses a lot more on uh, the help instead of the other ones. But like watching it, I was like, I get it. Like I think that this is sixty percent rules of the game, if not seventy. And then like the only added stuff is that it's like a guy like uh, what's his name, Dumbledore dies, he gets murdered. Mm-hmm. that's about that's the only real difference so i didn't actually get much out of this either like it didn't even have that like pithy like uh fast dialogue that i thought it would like it has some but uh our boy charles dance doesn't even come in to a room going shouting what are you doing now it what, never even happens what, what about uh our boy with with Noel, uh he's he was actually probably one of the best parts and he's yeah, not he, in it very much no he's just always kind of aloof in the frame yep. coming in and out and you're like, oh, what's he doing to do now? Yep. He, he was just there. Uh, your buddy, Ryan Phillippe, he's doing his best accent. It's not bad. And then Bob Balaban is there talking about Charlie Chan movies. Well, he, he co-produced the movie so much. And I was kind of like, dude, get off of this Charlie Chan stuff. Get, get. It's, good. it's an all-star cast. It does. Yeah. But uh, I didn't really care for it. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't I think it's don't. bad or anything like that. I, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't give a shit about this movie when it came out, and uh, I guess it kind of makes sense that I, I don't know, this this t- type of movie, this tale, just does not work for me. I, I will say though, like all things considered, I, I, hey, I don't do get think me wrong. I'm all about. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, I do believe there's like a Robert Altman quote saying that uh, he learned the rules of the game from the rules of the game. As far exactly. as film, a film craft goes, so it makes sense yeah. that he made his own homage to it. And there's like, yeah, like the the, the Altman dialogue sort of thing works. It's been, I mean, it's been like almost twenty years since I've seen this movie, but and like, yeah, just to be clear, like I I like my class action in my movies. Mm-hmm. I like some uh, warring mm-hmm. <laughs> between the factions, and you know, the rich need to be taken down. But I don't know, these movies aren't the aren't my uh, cup of tea, I guess, as far as like how to do that. These seem like pretty yeah. uh, blasé and like kind of, I don't know, to me, but I could be wrong. Perhaps in 1939, this upset things a little bit more. Maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, in my my book, Rules of the Game and Gosford Park, I think uh, are a little overrated. Is, 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 does Gosford Park get rated these days? Uh, I, I wouldn't say recently, but uh, it seems like it's held in pretty high acclaim. Hmm. Or was at least. Yes. I don't know. Maybe it's people with the that nostalgic flair. I, and it's like I said, it's fine. I just uh, I was watching it. I was like, I don't really care. I don't really care about this. Put Helen Mirren on screen some more. Damn right. Damn right. 
Let me see what's going on there. Guys? Guys? Guys. Yeah. So anyways, you know, rules of the game. Helen Mirren. Gosford Park. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You want to hear about do? who... Uh, well, I mean, you want to hear about who hates rules yeah. of the game? I would because I feel like the people who love rules of the game... I feel like they're already going to comment on this review about how wrong we are. Oh, so, uh, of course we, they will. I don't think we even need to talk we, about that. Don't worry, guys. We're we're we're, we're aware. We're aware. We, mm-hmm. we, and we don't care. No, we don't care. <laughs> Cuz at the end of the day it's just uh like our opinions, man. Just our opinions, man, and this is a free podcast that we do for fun. And look, we're like 400 spines mm. in. So. Okay. So let's, uh-huh. let's let's do some hate first. Sure. Okay, half a star from Dr. King. The Dr. King? Uh, the one and only. Oh, wow. So, I had never heard about this movie before watching it yesterday, and most likely will forget about it by the end of tomorrow. Casual racism and misogyny aside. Oh, wow. Uh... Aside from what? This movie are, has some. Are they saying that that's okay? No, a casual racism and misogyny aside, this movie has some funny moments that helped me get through it. But this was still a rough one. From the first minutes, I knew this wasn't going to be for me. Subjectively speaking, I don't see much merit in watching films like these. That isn't to say it doesn't have any appreciative audiences. Several of my classmates seem to really enjoy it. I am simply mm-hmm. not the target audience. Just because the movie is extremely outdated, that shouldn't necessarily detract from its historical and cinematic relevance. Nonetheless, it's hard watching something like this that seems so far out of touch with modern cinema that it almost shouldn't categorize similarly. Overall, I'm excited mm-hmm. to forget this film. See, I don't, we've said before, I don't really agree with that. These people that are like, it's out of touch with modern cinema. I don't think that's the point. You and me can watch movies that are 80 years old and still get something from it. Yeah. I think this is a film student account because it was literally just created. They only have two reviews. And this one of Rules of the Game came not even a month ago. Uh, So they only have two half star films, The Rules of the Game and Venom, Venom. Well, they're, they're, they're really good film students giving movies half stars already yeah. out of the gate. And, uh, out of the gate. But you know what some of their uh, most favorite movies are, Jared? Baby uh, Driver, yep. Endgame, yep. Infinity War, yep. Knives Out. Holy shit. So uh, what are you going to do? I guess I should pretend I like this movie a lot so I don't associate with this person. I'm not giving this no half star. That's just stupidity. But Just don't give any stars. Yeah, that's, that's a good plan. Uh, next up, Billy Systems Dead. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Half, half a star. A bunch of toffs on a weekend break shoot a few rabbits and pheasants. Then everyone seems to be in love with the host's wife, who is an absolute minger. <laughs> Dreadful film, <laughs> often cited as one of the greatest movies ever. A minger? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh... I, I think you uh, I think you would be on board with this person quite a bit, Jarrett. They have a really similar taste. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so, okay, wait, let me see. I, I was just digging through the garbage a little bit here. Half-star films are just, like, kind of things you'd expect. Some movies that aren't good. What was it? One, oh, extra half-star. I don't know about that. Okay, here's some five-stars. They don't have many, but it's, like, Throne of Blood, Day of Wrath, Mirror. Or debt. It's not bad, right? Yes. It's not bad stuff. Like, what do uh, what do they say here? 
No, nothing interesting. Anyways, their their tastes aren't ain't bad, man. They I, I have just, a Takeshi Mike uh, ranked <laughs> list. That's pretty cool. Do, do you like Takeshi Mike? Uh, yeah, he's a good dude. Good dude. Yeah. Uh, one more hate. One okay. star from Aust. Okay. With a little rocket ship. I see it. I get that this is like a commentary on the French aristocrat or aristocracy. Mm. But God, was it boring? Just shut up. <laughs> okay, I think all you have to know about Ost is that their teacher uh, is Timothy Shalomah. Ah, Jarrett. That's that tells you about all there is to know, right? Their uh, favorite films. Okay, uh, wait. Favorite films are just Zodiac, Ladybird, Singing in the Rain, and Rear Window. It's huh. weird. Interesting. What's that about? So one star films, we have the rules of the game, and there's only like eight other ones. Let me let me tell you what the uh, Ost compares the rules of the game to. Fantastic Four from 2005. <laughs> star Wars, The Last Jedi. Uh, Breaking Dawn, Twilight Saga. Breaking Dawn Part 2, Twilight Saga. That's about it, man. That's hmm. about it. So, what what movies do you think will be told to be keeping to than watch this movie? You know, like, like you know, they'll be like, "Oh, you just stick to watching Back to the Future." Like, what movie do you think they'll uh, slam us with? Oh, for this one, yeah. Oh fuck, what was uh? I don't know what's out right now. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, stick to watching Sonic the Hedgehog, you assholes. Watch, watch some Sonic movies, and then instead yeah. of uh, this prestige format <laughs> cinema, you you imbeciles, <laughs> imbeciles. Yeah. I I don't know. I I still think a Lindbergh baby movie would be way more interesting than this thing. Uh, oh, here are some. Fi- I'm gonna look at some five stars real quick. Okay. Uh, wow, this is powerful. I had so much fun watching this. The script is awesome. One of the early masterpieces. Renoir was way ahead of the game. Get it? Mm-hmm. Uh, its genius escaped many viewers at the time, but in retrospect, this film stands as one of John Renoir's and cinema's finest works. These are all from like the last month. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is really strange. I'm I'm just like clicking on a, a lot of these people, and yeah, they're all really recent, and they're all Criterion Bros. I mean, one of the best movies I've seen. Saw it in my theater. My, well, for my, my own theater, Godard just watched it, and uh, they just gave Veronica Voss three and a half stars. There you go. Uh, something so about incidental racism again. Um, Is it incidental if it's on purpose? <laughs> aside from that, and see, no one cares about bunnies getting shot. RJ, see, it's like I said, it's misplaced. So here, here's what. No, I I already gave Ooh, the example. A rap. Okay, Casper pens a masterpiece in every sense rapid acid-like screenplay extravagant characters and innovative camera work make this one of cinema's best works ever made first time viewing this but hopefully in the years to come i will revisit this much much more Mm. foxy russian a perfect film that is still instantly connectable to a modern day audience brilliant satire and a script that is both equal parts hilarious and heartbreaking the script and camera work are also incredibly advanced for its time no wonder it's considered one of the best movies of all time no wonder no wonder man no wonder like it's hard digging through these people's movies because it's like it's there's it's so all over the place 
like this foxy Russian just gave Starship or not just, but they gave Starship Troopers half a star. It's not a half a star film, Jer. I don't care who you ask. I don't care. It's not a half a star. It's it's, it's yeah. It's yeah. And like deep Yes, hey, people just want some deep focused cinematography. That's that's all they that's all they need. And then then the rest shall follow. I guess. I mean, a lot all these people given five stars, like all they watch is criterion movies. Oh uh, yeah. Like, makes like sense. get over it, man. This person just watched Battle Royale, gave it three and a half. Hmm. Casper Pans. Cool. They uh they stayed all of the friends of the shows of the Criterion creeps. Oh, interesting. I wonder what that means. Weird. Weird. You got anything left to say? Not really. I think it's silly. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all I think is that it's silly. After the break, we're going to go out and hunt rich people. And then what? We'll give them as much of a chance as those bastards gave those little bunnies. See? You're thinking about it. Not really. I just want to shoot rich people. Hey, you will call Blumhouse because that movie is coming out next month, oh, isn't it? Oh, shit. Wait for those one-star reviews to roll in. Mm-hmm. Mr. Blum's going to be rich. And then he, too, will be hunting. Ooh. When you're mm. super rich from doing this podcast with me, will you remain callous and indifferent to the world collapsing around us too? I mean, that doesn't change my current opinion. Financial you're not statement gonna, you're not aside, gonna sit around and cry. I've never. I mean, that's all I do. Yeah. If I have money well, or if I don't have money, it's well, not going to change. You've never had real money though. Exactly. exactly. So it's it's never going to change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and, uh, I don't know, just PayPal us money, I guess. That'd be good. That's good. Yeah, just leave it at that. Just send yeah. us money. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlow. We're, we have a Patreon. Eh? We got uh, uh, do we? We do. We got a, we got a YouTube. Mm-hmm. Over a thousand subscribers, RJ. A thousand. Oh, wow. We're going to get thousands of angry people tomorrow. We're on SoundCloud, uh-huh. Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all that good stuff. Shuffle? Next week, Spine what? 217. Yasujiro hmm. Ozu's Tokyo Story from 1953. What's that about? Uh, it's about shitty kids, good kids, and taking care of your parents. Toy Story 3? Sure. Sounds like the same exact same plot. What's going on here? <laughs> Tokyo Story 3? Tokyo Story 3? Is that the one where they drift? 
Yep. Nice. Jesus. Uh, with huh? and with that, um, hmm. Huh? Good night. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty much done. <laughs>